all to the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast for a very special round table discussion. And as you can see, I'm even shaking the table, shaking the glasses, shaking the very fabric of the world of wrestling here at the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast. I am the devilishly handsome outlaw himself, your King of Extreme, Phil KOE, joined by my indomitable broadcast partners for the Peacock Deal Roundtable Discussion. So, gentlemen. Who else we got? Well, we've got the one and only. The two-time, your COVID champion, your WrestleMania champion, your Christmas Miracle champion, your Royal Rumble champion. The one that brought class back to the title before uh, having to hand it over to this ne'er-do-well over here. Oh. Oh, and me? Yeah, just little old you. Like, <laughs> oh! The... Nine-time champ, you can almost not count it on two fucking hands because that's how goddamn great I am. The blend master, Tony fucking G, Tony goddamn two, triple belt, it doesn't matter at this point. I've got trophies, bitch. That's how amazing I am. I am the greatest of all time. I'm the fucking goat. I'm the boat, the best of all time. I mean, we could go on and on and on, but we just don't simply have the time because we know how much Phil has to talk as well understandable so i'll i'll just i'll sell myself just a little bit short by just a touch now for those who don't know uh, as i said as the devilishly handsome outlaw himself and the master of koe nation on youtube definitely check that out i am also not only the king of extreme but i am also the lord of the scottish highlands the conqueror of the ethereal and the interim emperor of big fucking empire. So we shall see how that all happens, folks. But we are here to discuss the major issue of our day in regards to the world of wrestling, the Peacock deal. Where do we go from here? I have my thoughts. I'm curious what you guys think. Where is this going to take us? in a f immediately after a year's time and into the future. What's your thoughts on this? And Tony, given you are the champion, I will gracefully give it you the first word. Uh, when this first got announced, it kind of came out of nowhere. Like I didn't expect this to happen. We'd gotten so accustomed to the announcers shilling the WWE network on air every week mondays wednesdays fridays thursdays any chance they got they were shilling the wwe network every chance they got they were holding up little signs like fan signs in the crowd uh, 10.99 or 9.99 a month the wwe network your first month is free and you'd even get the upcoming pay-per-view for free that kind of went away here in the last year and a half and we wondered why well, now we're finding out why. Because everybody has a price, and we found out the price. And, yeah. Yeah, for the fans, the price is now no longer $10 a month. It's almost $5 a month. Right before WrestleMania season, the WWE Network and all of its content is moving over to the streaming service from NBC, Peacock. That it is, and... The problem is, where are we going to go from here? There's a lot of... 
there's a lot of problems that come with this. Now, NBC is going to have a greater control over the WWE network. Vince McMahon no longer has complete control over his network. And that's going to have some implications with creative because let's say, for example, let's just go through the series of events here that will likely play out. Vince McMahon will retire at some points or just he won't be in charge one way or another. That will happen at some point in the future. When that happens, I don't, if Vince McMahon is incapacitated, retires or dies for something, like, I don't really see why the family wouldn't sell the rest of the company to somebody like NBC. Now, the problem is you've got somebody like Triple H. He's going to run the locker room is what everybody thought. Well, he's kind of the equivalent of Dana White in the UFC. Dana White, uh, he's basically there at the pleasure of the Fertitta brothers. And uh, I think it's the United Arab Emirates that yeah. bought a, a portion. And so they're there at. He's there at their pleasure, basically. And they know that he will run that to the best of his abilities to actually make money. WWE is going to be a different animal because NBC is going to have their fingers and claws in this. And NBC is an entertainment venue and they are convinced they can do entertainment way better than those carny wrestlers. We can definitely make a better, more entertaining product. We know what, and we've got better stars. Hell, why don't we have like Tom Cruise? main event wrestlemania like if we're needing star power that's a start like that's the kind of direction i could actually see wwe going in a decade because nbc is going to see it as just another entertainment venue let me ask chicken specifically as somebody who got out of cable way ahead of the game and kind of went to streaming way before it was uh, popular to do what do you think about this because this is a big sale in terms of what content is being sold and given the rights up to, to a fairly new streaming service. What do you think about that specifically? <clears throat> so if if it was like old school streaming, I, w I probably would have been more optimistic, but I think Phil's right. Uh, the fact that this is a NBC production, um, we see what's happening with a lot of media companies these days. <laughs> Phil. You see what's happening with a lot of media companies these days. They, they, uh, yeah, they think they know entertainment more than yeah. other people do, um, and they don't really care about the consumer. They care about the ads, and that's what I'm afraid is going to happen. Yeah, they don't even care about the content. Phil, Phil said ten years. I give it two. Ooh. I don't think like the the escalation of how Ooh. bad media has been um, in NBC specifically is is in 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 that uh, that stream nbc is strict with their content because if you if you get on youtube right now and you try to find old clips of if you try to find an entire episode of like saturday night live on youtube you're not going to find it right they take their content and they put it in a fucking vault and that is where it stays until they release clips like if you remember a funny clip from 10, 15 years ago, Too bad. Luck, you're not going to find it unless they have released it for a profit of some measure. Yeah, my, my dad was actually talking about that, how he was trying to find some less than politically correct Saturday Night Live sketches yeah. from like the 70s. Those specifically they and have. Good God. luck. Like you would swear it had never happened. Yeah. Like it, they, they buried that worse than the MTV Donald Trump commercial. You remember that Man. when uh, he was sitting in his limo and it was Limp Biscuit. It's all about the he said, she said bullshit. And he's just sitting there in his limo like, 
No, no, hang on, hang on. I want to finish this. The song gets up. Talk of that shit, punk. So come and get it. And then he gets out of the limo. Good luck finding that. That is buried so deep in the vaults, you will never find it's, it ever it, again. Yeah, it's kind of like the Disney vault. Like, you're not getting into it. It's like the Vatican. They're <laughs> buried deep in the catacombs of their chronicling of their content. But, yeah, Peacock so, is yeah, a I, new service. I, I don't see it getting better in, yeah. in that sorts when... Yeah. Uh, they jump into this realm of Phil smiling behind my left shoulder. Creepy as shit. What? Yeah, no. yeah. He lost his headphones. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Silly headphones. No, I don't see this getting any better. Um, and in 10 years, I think it's ridiculous that if you think the WWE is going to be around in the same form that it is, you know, last year, two years ago, today, or, or anything. No, I like... We are seeing not a slow demise. We are seeing a almost a castration, a self castration yes. of of WWE in a in a weird way. Thank God there's an AEW, and hopefully they can make something work. I, God, as, as much as I hate to say, yeah. could you imagine how how much? Like, I'm just gonna go. Can you imagine how much worse the product would be if we did not have an AEW well, actually just, available? Yeah. Like, like you, you've got to look at it at a comparative level because. It, Slowly over the last like five years, ever since actually when I came back specifically to the product, I'm like, okay, me, I, I'm finally coming back. This people told me for a couple of years that this has gotten better since when I left the WWE and didn't watch it when I first came back. Okay, they they finally get it. Wrestling has finally come back around. This is not just the cookie cutter matches that I was used to when I left. And as soon as I came back, that was when they started reintroducing actual women's wrestling. It really started picking back up in that regard, but at the same time, it started trending back down. And now, with the state of the world, that's no fault of theirs, but it's gotten to the point where it's just not even close to what it was when I came back to WWE itself. So, to say the product is a value as content is different is a complete understatement, because... Oh, it's Even the last few holdouts, when we came back to it, like The Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, uh, both of those guys are gone now, and Goldberg's not doing a whole hell of a lot, and even when he does come back, it's not Still that not fucking lot. impressive. So, and Goldberg! Goldberg! And in that time since we've come back, and those guys have been staples, they've still failed to make new stars during that time. Because at this yep. point, they don't feel like they need a star. They they feel like the, the name WWE is the star. That's the star. We don't care about no. who's on top. You're right. You're right. That That's where they're fucking up so bad. They have so many stars at their disposable, uh, disposal that they could turn into the next Stone Cold Steve Austin. Or and that's next. why a red-headed they Irish girl succeeded in yes, that role. they don't. They actually don't. And it's actually part of their business model, unfortunately, that yeah. they changed it so they want their stars to be marketable but not too marketable they don't that's want why them becky so lynch was so fucking popular because she went out of the mold she got over in spite of bad booking but when they finally realized that she was getting over in spite of bad booking they're like they okay we've got to put oh all of God. our booking flair on top yep. of that and they yep. made it 
almost. Oh yeah, because thank God we had Becky Lynch all hobbling like she's one legged at WrestleMania. That's what, what we, that's what we all paid to see. That, that was what, and so that's what I'm that getting really at is they're it. not making new stars and they're doing so intentionally. They do not want to create another Rock. They do not want to create another John Cena. No, especially because now because you could make a star and they could go to the competition now. Well, not even the competition. They just don't want to create someone that's too big for them. That's too big for WWE anymore, which again, when your whole business is getting attention and creating stars and you're limiting how high you want them to actually get, don't be a bit surprised when you have your own plateau as to how high you can get because you're not allowing people. And I'm, I raise this because I wonder if they're actually intentionally not building stars for another reason, for something that I said a little earlier, why do they need to build stars in WWE when there's this established entertainment brand that people will yeah. show up for and you can just plug in existing Hollywood stars. We've already conceded that cinematic yep. matches are a thing. We can have fucking Vin Diesel versus Tom uh, Cruise in a Boneyard match. Main event WrestleMania. Okay, that's uh, that. There is a non-zero chance of that happening. You can look, you can give me the stink eye. fucking hate you. But right you now. hate yeah. the fact that I have a... I might have predicted your goddamn WrestleMania main event in about eight years. My only hope right now is that we're finally getting back to maybe potentially having a crowd at WrestleMania 37. And what's the point of having a crowd if it's going to be a shit show like Phil just talked about? Uh, Well, that's just it, though. I mean, look at the Super Bowl. People are still going to pay to go see Tom Cruise. Look at the Super Bowl in 2021. (laughs) They had a third of the capacity of the Tampa Bay Stadium full, and the rest was cut out. So they made it work with a real crowd spaced out, and that's what they're going to do with WrestleMania. And that's what the crowd was supposed to be last year at Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium. So I think they're going to do the exact same thing with the WrestleMania crowd. They're going to make it work. This is going to be the reintroduction of a crowd to live events of professional wrestling. AEW was ahead of the curve on this. They've been doing their shows out of the Daily's place in Florida for months and months and months now. And they've been doing it with a paid crowd in the front, and they've been doing it with a scattered crowd, a real crowd, in the back seat. So it makes sense, but this is the official top dog of the professional wrestling industry, whether it's sports entertainment or not, reintroducing a crowd into the parade. And I like that. I think it's only fitting that it starts with WrestleMania, where they should have been last year. But at the same time, the product has changed so much in the last year because WrestleMania 36 was when we got the debut of the true cinematic match. And it was, it was so off kilter from what we were used to. Like we've had things come close to this in the past, but it was never so egregious. Like the first night with AJ Styles and the Undertaker, that's one thing. But the night two of WrestleMania 36, when we saw John Cena and the fiend in their Firefly Funhouse WrestleMania match, if you will, I wouldn't. That was so out of the realm of believability that it really opened the floodgates in terms of what you can call professional wrestling. And we saw that unfold as the year went. The swamp fights, the stadium stampedes, the money in the bank matches. We had to, even what we were used to doing and suspending disbelief, we had to throw that out the window and recreate what we were willing to accept on an entertainment level because it's no longer professional wrestling. It is strictly entertainment, especially at the WWE level. Now, we thought AEW was going to be different, but no. AEW, for the most part, is just their version of sports entertainment. That doesn't make it better. It just makes it different. I I was about to say, uh, you know, it it is kind of like a bullshit phrase that a lot of uh, 
indie promotions says like, well, we're not sports entertainment. We're going to give you your wrestling back. It's like, eh, you're just as sports entertainment as yeah. anybody else. Uh, but WWE, like I said, has kind of pushed all bounds of what was even considered wrestling or suspension disbelief. You know, again, like we're saying, well, we need to have the crowd back. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if the Bruce Pritchards and the yeah. folks in the back like, why? Why do we need a crowd? We can finally say, cut, yeah. action. We can edit, like, Vince McMahon can edit in the crowd reaction he wants. That is something he's wanted his entire life, and he's yeah. finally achieved it. Yeah. The, the crowd Vince is wanted just, this three years ago when he was trying to push Roman Reigns. Like, now I can finally control the booze and the chairs. The crowd are just paying extras to a WWE show anyway. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if over time... You see a show where everybody in the crowd is just a freaking Hollywood extra looking for, hey, you saw me in the front row for a second acting like I was enthused. Put me in your movie. Put me in your movie. Like that's, uh, there's a very good mm. chance. Like, like I said, guys, wrestling, remember when WrestleMania went Hollywood, Tony? Yep. We had no back. idea. We had no idea how far it can go. And the Firefly Funhouse match is the perfect example. That was nothing but Hollywood. You can have, like, I'm trying to think of people other than the folks I've listed. You can literally have, like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson versus Mel Gibson in a Firefly Funhouse match, okay? Like, you can have, pick anybody that's big in Hollywood. Jason Statham, obviously. Uh, Jason Statham will uh, take on The Fiend. For the Universal Championship, if The Fiend is even fucking still doing it at that point. I'm sure they'll have buried him six more times to fucking Sunday by then. So that... So will this be, like, excused away as evolution of the of the sport, necessarily? or Not the evolution. By the people getting paid to do it, yes. Be, this is the evolution of the sport. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, the commentators are being paid to do it, sure. But, like, this is what Vince McMahon always wanted. He wanted to be in the entertainment business, and... He finally got there. He finally was even allowed to call it just entertainment because he had bought all his competition and the only other one in WCW he had finally was out of the picture and it became entertainment at that point. And it's been entertainment ever since. And AEW can call themselves whatever they want. Even New Japan, to a certain extent, is no longer sports-based wrestling. It's still just their version of sports entertainment wrestling. And... Nothing out there right now even comes close to sports-based so, wrestling. So, by Phil, by your own old definition of of what pro wrestling is, it's the you know it's the solicitation of the audience reaction. Yes. When there's no audience, and then what this future state looks like is this even wrestling anymore, or is this something different? You know. Mm. If we're getting away from fans altogether, and you're still looking for the elicitation of a audience reaction unfortunately what i think professional wrestling will look like in the future is have either of you seen the new it movie yep okay the way they elicit an audience's reaction is they put you in a dark room where you give them complete control of your eyes and your ears and then oh wow a jump scare who yeah. would have thought like so it'll be the hollywood tricks yeah. that they use to elicitate elicit an audience reaction now those are two different audiences because here's like Jordan Peterson even broke it down one time that there's a reason that children are very often drawn to professional wrestling 
And it's because it does not require a sophisticated mind in order to understand the entertainment that's happening here. You don't require a heavy level of sophistication to understand. And you don't even need to understand a fourth wall. Like, you don't need to understand, like, this is a play and these people are pretending that I'm not here. You don't even need to understand that. And that is how you get these crowd reactions from everyone from little children to adults. No, it still works, Tony. Not nearly as successfully because... In the late 80s, the early 90s, it touched on a lot of different age ranges because as a young child, you could be like, oh, the super fantastic characters appealed to me. Uh, the more older children could be like, oh, this guy's a badass. That really appears to me. I'd like to be a superhero like him. Right. They were expanding market share at that time. They were right. going after all ages, all genres. Yeah. All, yes, yeah. but and then when it, it got into our teen or teenage years, like, okay, this really appears to the backstage uh, organization of the business, the the backstage politics, the drama behind the scenes, that appealed to us at the time. It did appeal to us on a larger market. There has that appeal. The product, as it sits right now, I think it's still very much in that PG era. It does not necessarily appeal to that key demographic of 18 to 49 nearly as much as they suggest it does. Well, God, who, who does it appeal to then? Because who else is watching? That's the problem. Not many people are watching now. That's the fucking problem. So you, so we're looking at uh, so WWE Network just is gonna be gone. Is that correct? Yes. It, am I getting this right? Like it's, it, it's. I can't believe that I, I I did not expect this to happen. Like I thought that this was gonna be a staple now because uh, their original foray into this was the twenty four seven. Uh, cable satellite channel. Like, you could just pay extra for that, and there was always some form of WWE content on your satellite channel. Sure. Then when streaming became a thing, and even before it I... makes more I, sense to stream that yeah, type of content, sure. You can have whatever content you want at the snap of a finger at any given time. Like, that's brilliant. I thought, this is surely going to be what uh, makes them money tenfold over and over and over mm. and over, but... That's what they thought, too. They thought so, too. But here's the problem. The content was so... It was so geared to the audience that they wanted to have and not the audience that they used to have. They Don't get me wrong. They had all of the, the content from yesteryear, all of the nostalgic, nostalgic content, but that only gets you so far. They're not making new content to appeal to a new audience, and no promotion is doing that right now. You can you can look at all the original content that they've put out over the last couple of years. Who is it appealing to? It's only going to appeal to the people that are head and shoulders all the way invested in the WWE product. Like, if you love Xavier Woods, here's the ride-along episode from point A to point B with Xavier Woods and Big E riding from show to show. This isn't content that people are going to buy the network to see. It's only the people that are buying the network and happen across it go, well, I just got done watching the pay-per-view for $10 a month. I think I'll watch this right along. Uh, the unfortunate thing is, uh, this is something Al Snow explained to a class of uh, new kids who want to be wrestlers. And, yeah, th- there was kind of this weird attitude they had the whole time. I was like, huh, so you want to be wrestlers, huh? Weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he said, guess what, kids? Every one of you, you're going to be one of two things. That's it. In wrestling, there's two things. You're either the thing that sells the tickets or you're the thing that helps the thing that sells the tickets. And unfortunately, 
Xavier Woods, like that example, is one of those guys that helps the thing that sells the yeah. tickets. I don't know if you could ever point to any one person that said, I bought this ticket to this WWE show just to see Xavier Woods. No. And that's what I mean. He is the thing that helps the thing that sells the tickets. And that's the whole roster right now. That's the problem. Yeah, except for about half dozen guys. Is it that high? If you're including the the part-timers, like the Goldbergs and such, then yeah, Not, you're, yeah. Goldberg, McIntyre, no. Reigns, um, used to be The Fiend. <clears throat> the Fiend used to be it, but now he's not a star anymore, attraction that people are going to care about. So I, I, think, I think the whole story with The Fiend is pretty telling. Um, it, it's almost like they've given up trying. They um, had something. They had something big. Yeah. Really big. They could have revived yeah. something too big, yeah. something that was actually becoming mimetic into the greater pop culture, yeah. something that a wrestler would have been actually recognized outside of the realm of wrestling could have, been, could have done something with it. Could have been the so, next Undertaker. Yeah, could yeah, have been. They don't want that. They, yeah, Because if he gets too big, then he can move on to AEW, he can move on to Hollywood, he can move on to anywhere else if anybody gets it's, too big. It's like, it's like having a dog from the shelter and like, oh, this dog's great, but... We gotta neuter this dog. Yeah, let's neuter this dog and just have him be super subservient to us. And, and that's basically what. And it what is. do you know? That dog doesn't act the same way yeah. that got all of our attention. Huh? Yeah, it's not it's... as natural now. Weird. No. The bringing it kind of towards the end of it, though. The real underlying issue is giving away all of your major content for ten dollars a month is one thing, but then selling all of your chronicled content plus your major pay-per-view content that used to be $35, $40, $50 to $60 a month for $5 a month plus all the other content. It does devalue the product a lot. It does say this really is not nearly worth your time and money. People paying $5 a month to see a pay-per-view are not going to be nearly as inclined to come sit down and pay that extra $5 a month to watch this product as they would be, oh, my God, that's a $50 pay-per-view. Like, this must be a really big deal. They it's get prestigious. Least, it loses the lure. It, WrestleMania. Like, it's not as important anymore. No. Yeah. WrestleMania used to have that allure. It's still the same $5. It will be the same $5 price in 2020. $5. $5. It, for WrestleMania. So, and that's included already in the subscription. A two-night WrestleMania will be included in the new Peacock subscription. For you know, so I already have Peacock, so... Yeah, you're yeah, in. You you're don't good. need to do anything. You're in. But now, this is kind of funny. Exclusive. Jim, Jim Cornette had a really good observation on this. He said, you know, it used to be that for a pay-per-view, people would pay up to $50, $60. And then the WWE Network came out, and people were paying $10. And then now we're here that people are paying... $5 for all the WWE Network and everything NPC, NBC has ever produced. At this rate, we are going to get to the point where we have to physically pay people to yeah. watch wrestling. At this, at this yeah. rate, at the trajectory we're going. Now, the thing that we also have to consider is there are four, or actually five individuals that are the biggest key chess pieces in this whole game. Five individuals 
and it's what they want to do going forward. The biggest one is obviously Vince McMahon. Yep. What does he desire to do for yep. the rest of his life? Yep. Linda McMahon. She holds not a controlling stock, but she holds the stock that's Interest. basically the type yep. breaking boats. The kids, Shane and Stephanie, yep. and Triple H. Yep. Vince, I think if he could actually secure a deal where he could say, I made more money than anybody else in this particular industry on this sale, he would do it. He yep. would say, Look at what I did with my uh, investment of a few thousand dollars to buy my dad's stock yep. all, all the way back when, and now look at me now. Vince, it just depends. Now, if he's got a breath in his body and he wants to keep doing wrestling, we're doing he's wrestling. Do um, Linda, she's got political she aspirations. She shit. wants out of there. She wants to be in D.C. No. Okay, she's been trying to get to D.C. for a decade. She finally got there for four years. Um, well, she's going to try and get back just as soon as she possibly can. She was the one who actually put the uh, donation to Ron DeSantis' campaign, which made pro wrestling an essential business in Florida. So, no. yeah, she's actually Weird. a pretty good backstage backstage worker, if you will, in the D.C. backstage. Then you got the kids. Shane, he's He didn't got care what he did. He just wanted to make his fucking name. He tried it with MMA. Vince didn't go for that. Eventually, he came back. Yeah, with Shane, honestly, when the sale does go through, I think, yeah, he's just going to cash out. Mm -hmm. uh, and if he'll take whatever he inherits from Vince and just live himself a happy life. Stephanie wants to be the philanthropist on the big East Coast philanthropy board. That's yeah. what she wants to do with her life going forward. So, the like, if Vince McMahon dies... Stephanie's going to be on the phone with NBC on a sale late that night or early the next morning. Yeah, before before the cold. funeral is even. Yep. Yeah. No. But yeah, before the before the Undertaker and not Mark Calloway, but before the actual Undertaker comes to call him away, she's on the phone with NBC. Like she's she wants out. I don't care what anybody says. She wants out. I am convinced. Triple H. Everybody thought he was going to get to run wrestling forever. He might be the odd man out. He, he might be the guy one like he might be going to AEW in five years. Yeah, but yeah. we never thought we'd hear that. No, that, that's the unfortunate end of this. Is uh, Triple H is kind of our last hope for any form of wrestling into the future because we, we've seen what he's allowed to do when he's given the leash to do it. NXT's even been neutered in the recent year and a half or so, and man, when it's good, it's good. When it's not, it's really fucking not. But man. I don't know. Uh, you know, you, you you build stars, people are willing to pay money. How do you get people to pay 50, 60 bucks for a fucking pay-per-view? You build stars. We're not building stars right now, so it is a completely different animal. It's unfortunate. It sucks. But that is kind of the state of professional wrestling in early 2021 as we're recording this. So I don't know where it goes from here. I really don't. But we are... Uh, just a little over a month away from the Peacock deal becoming a thing and having that be the new home of the WWE Network. So we will have to see where this goes from here. I'm intrigued, but I'm also absolutely 100% terrified of what it will be even a year from now, five years from now. So I don't know where we go from here, but that is the sad state of wrestling. Chicken, you got anything to add to this for us? <clears throat> No, I, I think I agree. This is a, a sad days um, as one that was just now trying to get back in and have some fun yeah. and, and compete for well, that. Well, cheaper than ever, so good yeah. time to get back yeah. in. 
uh, back in to compete for that beautiful belt, but uh, I'm afraid it's going to be futile competition because uh, the belt might not have as much style and class Phil and I try to bring to it. It it might not matter at I'm the end of the day because it back to such prestige that you guys uh, no 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 I'm no, not saying fine. I'm it's not fine. saying you. I'm saying that the sport itself may not have the the, the luster. luster. Oh, now he Jinx. does. He does have a good point there because Tony, you remember '96, '97, '98, '99? Yeah, we had times. at that point we had at least five million regular viewers that if they would have been given a product that they could have gotten behind and invested in, every last one of them would have watched wrestling until the day they fucking died. And yet here we are to the point where you have, there has never been a point in the last 120 years where there has been less people who are actually fans of professional wrestling. You are not creating new fans. Tony, when you and I went uh, to some live shows, it was encouraging that we saw a handful of children there to see the shows. Like, there is a future, maybe. But again, it was a handful, and it was dads dragging their kids yeah. to the show to see something that they wanted to see. And so, yeah. and unfortunately, that's always that kind of phenomenon with parenting. Like, enjoy this Star Wars. Enjoy this thing. Like the things I like. And so I wonder how much of it is, unfortunately, that. And so we're at an, a point and in an era where no... There's never been fewer people that will actually just, say. Just going to note, I've never done that. What? Ever. Forced my child but, yeah, to like something no. I like. Yeah. He liked it. No. Damn it. He no. fucking liked it genuinely. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but we, we all know at least one or two of those parents. <laughs> yes, that, yes. So, so what I'm getting at is, <laughs> yeah, I hope we have a future, but we will see where it goes from there. But, yeah, we've got less people that are fans of it than have been in. 120 years yeah. we're not building new fans and now we're joining nbc's peacock and you're you now have george lopez or what have you that you have to compete with and all these other big stars and i don't know if this is actually going like it's going to yield big money you know three cheers of Vince man you've done it again you've made yourself a billion uh off of your circus like yeah. not, not bad not bad i gotta give it to you but that was the goal yeah, that I, I've got a lot of problem going forward. I don't think uh, it's going to get a little lot darker before it gets better. But folks, don't worry because here at the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast, we will document it all. We will be here to give you the twists, the turns, the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights, the good, the bad as it comes, and we will be honest with you until we have to pay you to watch. Ouch. Or you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. God, on that depressing note, all that being said, thank you for joining us for the first ever Roundtable Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast discussion. You knew it had to be a big one. It had to be a doozy. And folks, we're coming to bring you the real news. And to quote the movie network, are things bad? Of course things are bad. Things are worse than bad. But before it gets better, you have to say, Damn it, I'm angry. 
My life has value, and your fandom has value. There is more people that say they used to be a fan of wrestling than will ever say that they're actually a fan of wrestling. And yes, here it comes in. My genius has its own gravity that pulls them in. Ah, now they've got to go. Eh, see, folks, it's so easy. So, folks, be here. Be sure to check us out. Also, we've got fast lane, or as I like to call it, speed bump, uh, that we can do that we're going to be reviewing, we're going to be previewing. Also, WrestleMania, too big for one night, just like your King of Extreme, too big for one show. We've got to be there to do all the reviews of WrestleMania. You will be there to see it, folks, with us here at the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast. I am the devilishly handsome outlaw himself, your King of Extreme, Phil KOE. Check me out at KOE Nation on YouTube. And I am signing off and handing it off to my indomitable broadcast partners. Gentlemen, take it away. Um, I'll say goodnight, uh, your former two-time champ. Uh, so glad you came down to get the belt in person because I was not going to send that son of a Ooh. bitch back. That is not your belt. It needs to be held in prestige class. Over yeah. on the K King of Extreme shoulder. I had to I know, come get it because either or, either I could, or, I could feel its pain being on the body of somebody so undeserving. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Finally, back on the broad shoulders of your nine-time champ, Tony Fucking G. Folks, uh, yeah, we've got some stuff. It's not gonna be great stuff, but it's gonna be stuff. Fastlane and whatever the fuck AEW it's gonna be great. Everything out. we do is In great. In the meantime, I don't even know. If I'd say it's the best show ever. Tony's going to be saltier than if he was the manager of a three, or no, a four-person stable. Tony was the manager of Austin Aries, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Ryback, and CM Punk. He would still be more salty and ornery than all four of them combined. So, Tony, we I think I think Tony's just getting salty because he knows he's going to lose it to us uh, in, in the next event. I mean, I am going to take it from you for WrestleMania, T. I'm sorry. I don't it's, know. I think I might be a two-time WrestleMania champion but what well, 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 you know time will tell time will tell anyway tony go ahead all these solutions of grandeur you're just gonna have to tune in to watch me do what i do best and that's win or lose don't win folks like share subscribe thanks for joining us this has been the revolutionary wrestling podcast roundtable cheers gents thanks for joining us <laughs> <laughs>